his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Incidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. We are excited to introduce our next guest. Anne Mavity is her name, Executive Director of Minnesota Housing Partnership. Why are we talking about it? Well, here we go. While prices have dropped in 2023, the average amount of money to buy a home is still nearly 100000 more now than it was at the start of the COVID pandemic. With reports of people shying away from becoming homeowners, questions about affordable housing continue to bubble up every now and again. Are there any good strategies that cities and states can provide so people can reach that goal of home ownership? Ann Mavity, Executive Director of the Minnesota Housing Partnership, is joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline for a conversation about this issue and some of their initiatives. Welcome, Annie. Thank, or, or Ann, I keep wanting to say Annie. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you? I am great. Thank you uh, for having us and for talking about this really important issue tonight. It is really important. I remember the exciting time in the great state of Minnesota, especially the Twin Cities, when young people were buying homes. My first house that I bought was $30,000. It was a big old house (laughs) with a lot of problems. But $30,000. And the interest rates at that time was about sixteen. I mean, you think mm-hmm. now what you'd have to go through just to get $100,000 of a house. So tell us where you stand when it comes to what housing, what's happening with housing, not just in the great uh, Twin Cities, but the state of Minnesota, period. Absolutely. Well, you know, the what we're seeing right now, I think everyone somewhere in their family, individually or um, people they know, the housing squeeze is being felt in every single corner of the state. And we know certainly you're seeing that in home ownership where uh, the cost of a uh, average home in the Twin Cities is well over 400,000. And throughout the state, it's increasingly out of reach for the folks who want it and, and need it. And of course, in the multifamily rental market, it's even a tighter squeeze. Uh, we know that one out of every four renter households pay more than they can afford for housing. And that's true in every county in Minnesota. 25% of folks are paying more than they can afford. Oh, my God. How do they keep that going? Well, in some ways, we're not, right? I think um, I think the hardest thing about this is that so many times individuals feel like it's a personal failure, that they can't afford their own first home. They hear their parents you know, had a home, sort of your story that we just heard as well. 
uh, or they're just struggling to pay the rent every month. And it feels like a personal failure. And I think what we really need to understand is that uh, it's not. It's a, it's a housing system that's really upside down and broken. And it costs more to build a home than most folks can afford to pay. And that's what the challenge is right now. And it's why folks are feeling it from uh, you know, first-time homeowners all the way to our hardest-working, lowest-wage uh, households as well. This discussion has been going on now for decades, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we don't seem to see a big enough difference in the prices and the avail- uh, availability and uh, whether or not the young, you know, the 30-something-year-olds can actually buy their first house or the tiny house. Jonathan Lohr, my mm-hmm. producer, and I were talking about tiny homes. And even right. that, our, the, the prices are just going up and up and up. How are we supposed to sustain it, not just here in the Twin Cities, not just here in the state of Minnesota, but across the country? I think we have good solutions that we need to have both the political will and uh, the public will to actually put into practice. So uh, we know, for example, that um, when, you know, it costs a lot to build a home for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Certainly land costs are one of them. And, you know, one of the things that we're looking at Right now, and frankly, that states around uh, across the United States have looked at to say, how do we uh, reduce the costs it takes to build a home? And some of those are land costs. So if you have one home on a couple acres and uh, are required by your local uh, city folks to have, you know, three bedrooms and three car garages and all of that, every single piece of that costs more. And if you could put three homes on that same piece of land, you can cut those costs down uh, dramatically for each individual homeowner. So there's lots of strategies related to land use um, as well to really reduce some of these uh, costs to folks. And But we need to have a more systematic approach to it. So we're looking, uh, for example, you know, in Montana, the governor had a, a task force that looked at, you know, how do you make sure people can uh, uh, keep these costs down as they're trying to do it. Washington State's done that. 23 states around the country have done this. We think Minnesota can do that as well. So let's talk a little bit about the, um, you remember those tiny homes that they used to have on television? Sure. There were different shows that showed how mm-hmm. you could build a tiny home. Okay, so there are families, um, even grandparents, who say, hey, I got enough land here. It'd be nice for me to be able to put two, you know, tiny homes on this property so that, you know, my grandchildren will have a place to live, will have a place that they own themselves. Um, These are the things that were talked about, you know, just a couple of years ago. And now I hardly ever see those shows anymore. I hardly ever hear about tiny homes. And I've heard from homeowners who will tell me, hey, they don't want us to put any tiny homes on the properties. It's illegal in certain states. Is that true? Sure. Uh, Yes. And actually, a lot of those rules right now are governed by cities. So from city to city, you might have different uh, rules. Sometimes these are called accessible dwelling units, accessory dwelling units, and or ADUs, 
sort of like tiny homes, or maybe you convert your garage or the top of your garage or, you know, things like that to add additional homes. So, you know, this is one of the things that we're seeing across the country and we're hoping to do in Minnesota as well is to say, people should be able to do that on their property without having to ask all this permission if there's room and there's space to do it, add that home. Now, will that solve our entire housing challenges or certainly the cost challenges? No, but it will help release that innovation and creativity um, to let people actually um, um, begin to solve this by themselves and together um, brought more broadly. So yes, we need to make sure that there's not barriers when people want to do these kinds of solutions. And we're working on that at the state level. We need everyone to be working on that at the state level as well um, to help say, yes, we need to be smarter and allow, you know, much more creative uses of our land in order to um, have better solutions. You know, a lot of the homes that we pass by every day and don't know who live there, there are five generations living in some of those homes, right? Uh, because, but, but each one of those generations can't afford it except those that own the house. So where do we go from here? Are we talking to our legislators and saying to them, we need to find a way to make sure that the next generation is able to buy something or able to, to build something either on their property or buy a piece of property and put it on that. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure how it works, but if you can help me understand it, I would really appreciate it. Well, and I would say it's a both and because certainly for many folks, um, making sure they have uh, affordable rental housing is super important. You know, with the baby boomer generation, what we see is a lot of folks that are staying in their homes really longer than they can do so safely or to keep the property up. Um, But on a fixed income, trying to access uh, a rental that where they might be able to get better care as they age, that's really hard too. So what we really need is a more robust uh, look across all these housing choices, right? I just helped my uh, parents who are in their 80s sell their house of 30 years and move them into an apartment, right? There's lots of reasons people are making choices um, for these different housing types. So uh, part of what we need to do, so last this last year was actually very effective in getting a lot of resources focused and dedicated on housing. Sort of the upside of a bad situation in housing right now Mm -hmm. is that more it's affecting more people and more people are paying attention and want to see solutions up and down the income continuum, right? Right. And so so that the state actually deployed quite a bit of funding towards housing. Much of it was one-time funding because housing is a good way to to use one-time funding. You build it and it's there for the next, you know, 50 years, 100 years. So that's a great solution. Now we need to make sure that all those barriers that get in place to actually create the housing, right? And it takes years sometimes to put together uh, 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 these projects and developments because oftentimes to make it affordable, you're not just going to one bank and right. getting a loan in the way we used to, right? right? What you have to do is get lots of different sources, maybe down payment assistance. Um, you might need someone to help uh, pay off the interest or, you know, give a loan specifically to pay the interest so that you're only paying the principal. All these different kinds of strategies need to be put in place. And with land use, we need to make sure that the rules to build 
are super clear that we're not adding costs be, um, through this whole building process and that we're really facilitating this uh, supply and development of housing. And so we think that there can be a lot of ways we can work with local government uh, to make sure that uh, they're not standing in the way of building housing and by putting too many rules and regulations on top of it. It's, I, I believe there's too many rules and regulations. It is so difficult, even for you know young adults that are in their 30s, if they're having a hard time doing it. Not only that, it used to be you could drive down communities, right, go into a community, and you're going to see some of those houses for sale, and you get a chance to look, and you say, oh, I want to call and see if I can, you know, go take a look at it. You don't even mm-hmm. see signs out anymore. So the only way that mm-hmm. you can really find out is through the realtors. Am I correct with that? So, I mean, certainly for the home ownership market, um, particularly uh, looking online, everything, you know, yes, you can get information online and you can work through realtors to access that. I think the hardest thing right now, though, is that um, there's also places like the Minnesota Home Ownership Center mm-hmm. and a whole network of organizations that they work with that provide information for first-time homeowners to get connected to the kinds of resources that they might not otherwise have access to. Um, I, I, I do want to say, though, that, you know, we are still recovering from the recession back in 2006, 7, 8, remember that? Oh, yeah. Where everything tightened up and the creation, the building, production of new housing, both rental and single-family home ownership, just plummeted. And, and so that, that lasted years. And so now we are still 20 years later trying to catch up to what wasn't built. So just to keep up with population growth, job growth, those kinds of things, we sort of need to overproduce more housing right now than you'd think for year over year because we're behind. Um, There was a recent report came out from the National Low Income Housing Coalition based out of D.C. I'm on the board of that organization. In Minnesota, for the rental side, they've noted that um, for the, for especially for lowest income households, right, they are the ones squeezed the most. Certainly, um, home ownership is out of reach, um, but housing broadly is. So out of 167,000 extremely low income households that Minnesota has, there's only 63,000 um, homes, rental homes that are available to them. Oh my goodness! That's, that's more than a hundred thousand units. Oh my gosh! We, I wish we had more time it. together. We have run out of we time, and I don't it. want run out of time. I must have you back on, Anne. <laughs> I must have you back on so we can talk about this more. And I appreciate your knowledge and um, helping me understand tonight. But wow, this is huge! Thank you so much for joining Thank us tonight. Thank you so much. My pleasure. That Thanks. is Anne Mavity, Executive Director of Minnesota Housing Partnership. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.